We're going to talk about on this thought how God speaks. How God speaks. All of your scripture will be in your handout. Uh, only the opening text will be on the screen. And then all the points for you to fill in the blank, but the remainder of your script will be on your handout. But let's look at Job 33, verse 14, as we deal with this subject, how God speaks. It says, For God speaks time and again, but a person may not notice it. For God speaks time and again, but a person may not notice it. Now let's read that verse in the New Living Translation. It says, for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. Last week we began a series of messages, Can You Hear Me Now? And we've taken a couple of weeks on how God speaks to us and how we can learn to be led by the Holy Spirit and how we can learn to recognize the voice of God. Well, the verse we read here, Job 33, 14, tells us that the problem isn't that God isn't speaking. The problem is our perception. I said last week that God wants to speak to you. God wants to guide us. God wants to give us direction and clarity in life. That our God is a God who communicates and talks with His people. That if you are part of His family, God wants you to hear His voice and know how to be led by Him. But the problem is we're often not listening. That many times God is communicating, but we don't have ears to hear what God is saying. That God is speaking, but we're not perceiving what God is saying. And so tonight I want us to find out how God talks to us, but before we get into how God talks to us, I want you to first understand that God hasn't limited how he communicates. That God hasn't limited to himself to one single way of communicating with his people. That God can communicate in any way that he chooses to communicate. For example, God spoke to Moses from a burning bush. We find that in Scripture. That Moses saw this burning bush and he wondered how the bush could be on fire but yet not be consumed. And he, as he approached it, God spoke to him from that burning bush. Another strange instance where God speaks to someone is Balaam, where God speaks to him through his own donkey. That's a strange way that God spoke in the Bible, is it not? But we also find out when you look at the prophet Elijah that God spoke to him in a still, small voice. So there's many ways in which God can speak to us, but tonight I want to give you the four most common ways that God speaks to His people. And so number one, I want you to jot this down. God speaks through the Bible. God speaks through the Bible. And I would say to us tonight that this is the main way, the primary way that God speaks and communicates to His people. You see, the main way you're going to hear from God and the main way that God is going to communicate to you and communicate to me is through His Word. The main way we're going to hear from God and receive instruction from God is from His Word. Right here, Genesis to Revelation, that God is going to speak 95, 99% of the time right here from the pages of His Word. You see, this is a great book and we need to read it if we want to hear from God. 
You see, the Bible isn't just a book of stories and fairy tales. This is not just a book of great ideas and great lessons and great examples for us to live by. This is the Word of God. I believe that when I open this book, anywhere from Genesis to Revelation, that it is the Word of God. That it doesn't just contain the Word of God, but it is the very Word of God. Here's what Paul tells us about the Word of God in 2 Timothy 3.16. He says, all Scripture is inspired by God, and notice this, is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Notice that word inspired. It means God-breathed or breathed out by God. That lets us know that this book is a very special book. It is a divine book. It is a supernatural book. That this book is not like any other book in the world. You see, books that are written today, they're written by men and they're written by women. They're written by natural people. But this book is written by God. Yes, He wrote through men, but the Bible says that holy men of God spake as they were moved and carried by the Holy Spirit. That yes, God worked through their personality and they may put pen on paper, but it was the words of God that they were writing. And that's what makes this book so differently. And because it's an inspired book, that means it's reliable. It's trustworthy. You see, this book is faithful. That you can read this book and know that when God speaks, you can take it to the bank because God always says what He's going to do when God does what He always says. And so this book is a very special, supernatural book. And because it's a divine book, that makes it a perfect book. It's an infallible book. That means it has no mistakes. It has no error. And I know there's people out there that want to say the Bible has contradictions and the Bible misquotes itself here and there. But listen, if our God is perfect, His Word is perfect. If God is perfect, His Word is infallible. And He won't say one thing here and then say something else over here. God is holy. God is pure. God is righteous. And His Word is perfect. And His Word is righteous as well. Here's what Psalm 19, 7 and 8 says. The instructions of the Lord are what? Perfect. Reviving the soul. Guess what? If you need reviving in your soul, guess where you're going to get it? Right here in the book. You don't need a monster energy drink or a Red Bull. Just read the Bible. You can get revived. Amen? He says the decrees of the Lord are what? Trustworthy. Making wise the simple. And then verse 8, the commandments of the Lord are right. I know we live in a world where a lot of people say there's no such thing as absolute truth. There's no such thing as right and wrong. But the commandments of the Lord, the Word of God, it's right and it's absolutely true. But it says this, they're right and bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear. Giving insight for living. Everything we need for life we can find right here in the Word of God. You see, we can trust this book. Amen? Because God is faithful, His Word is faithful. But let me also say something else about this book. It's a, it's a living book. It's alive and it's powerful. 
The writer of Hebrews in chapter 4 verse 12 says this, The Word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Notice this. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the Word of God, it's alive and it's powerful, it's effective. That means it has the power to transform your life. It has the power to change us and do a work on the inside of us. And he said that it has the power to judge the thoughts and intentions of your heart. It can read our motives. In fact, it's been said that the Bible is the only book that will read you as you read it. That while you're reading the Word of God, it'll begin to read you, it'll begin to show you your motives, it'll begin to show you your flaws, it'll begin to show you your mistakes, it'll show you all the areas of your life that you need to clean up and get right with God. In fact, James compares the Word of God to a mirror that we can look into and it'll show us what we're really like. But here's the thing, what good is a mirror if you don't do anything about what you see? That's what the Word of God does. We look into it. And it shows us our reflection. It reveals our heart to us. And then we have to make a decision whether or not we're going to do something about it. I'm afraid some people, they don't want to read the Word of God and they don't want to look into the mirror because they're afraid of what God might show them. You've heard me say before and I'll say again that I don't always like what I find in the Word of God. But if I didn't like what I always saw, I wouldn't ever change. Right? Going back to 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul says the Bible is useful. All Scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable. He says it's useful what? To, to teach us. We need to be taught. He also said it's useful for rebuking. Sometimes we've got to be rebuked. He said it's useful for correcting. He says it's useful for training in righteousness. Listen, we've got to be trained. The Bible shows us how to live. It shows us how to correct our lives and correct the mistakes we make. But here's the thing. If we never read it, you'll never know what God's saying. If you never meditate on it, if you never open up its pages to see what's on black and white paper... Uh, the, the black words on white paper and red words where Jesus speaks. If you have that kind of Bible where He speaks, you'll never know what God is saying. You see, it's difficult to hear from God if your Bible stays at home like that right there all week long. And that's how a lot of people's, people's Bibles stay. They come to church and they open it, but Monday through Saturday, it stays like that on a coffee table and collects dust. And then wonder, why can't I hear from God? That's why. But you know what? Every time I open it, I can hear directly from Him because this is the mind of God and the thoughts of God. It's as though God has written me a letter and I can hear what He has to say. In fact, if you had a long lost loved one, in fact, let's say this, let's say your daughter, your son, they move away and it's been years and years since you've seen them, all of a sudden you get a letter in the mail one day or you just don't toss it in a drawer and not read what they have to say. You're going to open it up and you're not going to skim it and you're not going to jump from the beginning to the end. You're going to open up that letter and you're going to take your time to read every word and see what's been going on in their life. But can I tell you, we often treat the Word of God as though it's nothing. 
when it's a love letter to us, when we just need to take it and we need to soak in every word that God's written. Because it will guide us and it will warn us of trouble and it will keep us out of much of the heartache we experience in life. But you'll have a hard time hearing from God if you always leave it closed. But if you open it, you can hear from God. You see, I believe this book is our manual for living. That God will give us daily instruction and God will feed us from His Word if we will only open it. But if we leave it closed, we'll never hear from Him. So God speaks through the Bible. But secondly, God speaks to us through other people. God speaks to us through other people. Now this isn't easy for us. We we sometimes find it difficult when God begins to speak through other people to us. You see, for many of us, we sometimes are filled with pride and we don't want to listen to other people. We think we know what's best. We think we know the best way. We think that we've got it all figured out. And so we don't want to listen to other people's advice. We don't want to listen to what anybody else has to say because we're going to do our own thing. We don't want nobody else to tell us what to do. That's what many teenagers struggle with. They think they know and they don't want to listen to mom and daddy. I was there. You were there at one time. And you would think as we got older we'd get wiser and we would learn to listen to people sometimes, but we don't always. But God speaks to other people. And if you refuse to listen to good godly counsel and good godly wisdom, that's being unwise. In fact, the Bible says you're being foolish. Being foolish. So let me give you a couple of things here. First of all, God's given us communicators, gifted communicators, gifted leaders to speak to us through it. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. And so God gives others that He's gifted, pastors, prophets, evangelists, Teachers to share His Word with us. I ask you tonight, have you ever felt like a message was specifically for you? That was God speaking to you through whoever gave that message. Have you ever been in a service and felt like the preacher was speaking directly to your situation? You hadn't informed them about what was going on in your life, but all of a sudden it seemed like they were reading your mail. They were talking exactly about what you were facing and what you were going through. That was God speaking through the man or woman of God. When those moments happen, you need to take notes, you need to listen up. Because God's trying to communicate with you. God uses people in leadership to preach His Word, share His Word, and speak into our lives. But we also see in Scripture that God can speak through godly family and friends. God can speak through ordinary people. Godly people. Let me me stress that. Godly people. People who have a relationship with God. People who are walking with God because you don't need to listen to just everybody. 
You need to make sure they have a walk with God, a relationship with God, before you start letting them speak into your life and give you some advice. But here's the thing. If a family member or a friend has a close walk with God and they have a relationship with God and they begin to give you godly wisdom, you need to listen. And again, it can be hard to receive from friends and family. It can be hard to listen to a spouse when they're trying to give you direction from God. It can be hard when the one giving you the correction is your husband or your wife. It can be hard when sometimes the one God's speaking through is your own child. Because you think you're older and you know better. But listen, God can use anybody He wants to when He wants to. Listen to Proverbs 12, 15. A fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is wise. You may not like others correcting you. You may not like other people giving you advice, especially friends and family. But if you'll listen to what they have to say and then take heed to what they say, you can keep yourself from a lot of trouble. I would say to us tonight, we shouldn't allow pride to keep us from gaining wisdom. We shouldn't allow pride and arrogance to keep us from hearing what God wants to say to us. Because God, listen, God spoke through a donkey. Donkeys are normally considered dumb. Let me just say this, sometimes God might speak through a person we consider a donkey. But you better listen. Because it will keep you from trouble. Isn't that what the text says? It will keep you from trouble. Proverbs 15, 31, 32 says, If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. Listen, don't we want to be at home among the wise? But if you reject discipline, notice this, you only harm yourself, but if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. If you reject discipline, you're harming yourself. You're hurting yourself. You're going to get in trouble. But if you'll listen, you'll grow in understanding. You see, other people can help us. Other people can teach us. Other people can instruct us. You see, there are people out there, good godly people, that know things you don't know and know things that I don't know. They have experience that we don't have. In fact, let me say this. You can learn from your own experience or you can learn from somebody else's. And let me just say this. Your experience is probably going to be painful. It's costly. But if you can learn from somebody else's to keep you from having to go through the painful experience yourself, why not listen to them? That's what parents try to do for their children, right? We try to warn them. We try to train them. We try to give advice. And many times children just kind of shrug it off. Mom and Daddy don't know what they're talking about. They're, they're just trying to keep me from having fun. They're just trying to, to, to keep, me, keep me locked down and keep me locked at home and don't want me to go out and, and do anything crazy. And that's part of it. We don't want them to throw their lives away, but we're trying to protect them. Because most of us have gone through painful experience and learned some things. We've already walked down that road and it's been a difficult path. And we don't want them to have to walk down that path. But some people, they've got to learn the hard way. But if we'll learn to listen to people, we won't have to do it the hard way. 
Again, we shouldn't allow pride to keep us from receiving what God wants to say. Even if God wants to say it through other people. Amen? But number three, God speaks through promptings from the Holy Spirit. God speaks through promptings from the Holy Spirit. What's a prompting? It's been called an impression, a holy hunch, a sanctified nudge. Sometimes it comes as a thought or an idea. But it's the Holy Spirit trying to communicate with us. I mentioned it last week that maybe you're leaving the store and for some reason you get this idea to go a different way home. Don't just ignore that. Or maybe you normally go to a a certain grocery store, but as you get ready to leave or as you get close, for some reason you feel like you need to go to another store, another direction. Don't ignore those things. It may be the Holy Spirit trying to communicate with you. It may be Him trying to prompt you and keep you from danger and keep you from, from harm. See, the Holy Spirit, He is our guide. He is our teacher. He is our instructor. And I'm thankful that God hasn't left me to live this life alone, but He's given me a helper for the journey. But I couldn't make it by myself. And you couldn't make it by yourself, but we have the Comforter, and He abides with us. Amen? That as we live this life, He's with us every step of the way. That Jesus told His disciples, I'll give you a helper, I'll give you a Comforter, and He'll abide with you forever. That means that He's always going to be present. And and let me just say while I'm here that even if I'm bad, guess what? He's still present. He's still there. He'll get me back on track. He'll get me on the right path. Because I can't do it without Him. You can't do it without Him. And so I'm glad that I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me that He'll warn me and He'll, He'll direct me where I need to go. He'll show me which path to take. He'll show me which door I need to walk through. He'll show me which step I need to take and which step I don't need to take. He'll show me which decision that I need to make and which decision I don't need to make. But with that being said, let me say this. You've got to learn to listen to His his voice. You've got to learn to be led by Him. You've got to learn to follow those promptings and those those nudges when He uh, puts that on the inside of you. Now next week we'll talk more about how to know it's God, how to recognize the voice of God. But John 14, 26 says this, But the Counselor, the the Helper, the, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. That phrase reminds you of everything or brings everything to your remembrance lets us know that the Holy Spirit will give us thoughts and He'll give us ideas and He will prompt us and He will instruct us and press upon us things that we've put on the inside of us. See, the Holy Spirit, He will remind us of Scripture. He'll guide us in our decisions. He'll even warn us ahead of time. He'll use the Word of God to help direct you. But He can't remind you of anything that you've not put in your life. What did Jesus say? He'll bring all things to your remembrance, remind you of everything I have told you. And so here's the thing. If you're not spending time in God's Word, listening for God speak through His Word... 
What's the Holy Spirit going to bring to your mind if you're not putting anything in there? It's like gas for your car. If you don't put any gas in there, you ain't going nowhere. The same thing spiritually. If you don't put anything in there, He's not going to bring anything out. You see, the Holy Spirit leads us better when we fill our lives, saturate our lives with the Word of God. You see, here's what we have to understand. The Holy Spirit and the Word, they go together. They go together. They work together. You see, Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. The psalmist tells us that His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the Word of God is important because it's when we get the Word of God into our lives. And as I said, the primary way God speaks is through His Word. And so we get the Word in here, the Holy Spirit can guide us and bring things to our remembrance. But when the Holy Spirit guides us, here's the thing, He'll never lead you in a way that's contrary to Scripture. Because the Holy Spirit and the Word working together means He'll always give you a biblical solution. He'll never go against what God says in His Word. He'll never give you a supernatural uh, prompting to do something that goes against what God says in His Word. He'll never do that. He'll always lead you the right way. So God speaks through prompting from the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk more about this uh, next week. How to recognize God's voice. Now, a couple things here about this idea of being prompted by the Holy Spirit before we move on. You have, you have skeptics and you have mystics. The skeptic says that the Holy Spirit never prompts us. He never gives us any thoughts. He never gives us any impressions. They say the only way God speaks to us is through the Word. That the Holy Spirit can't lead us on a day-to-day basis. He can't, he can't lead you while you're out there driving the car in the grocery store. He can't do anything like that. But then you got the mystic. This is the person that thinks every idea, every thought, every impression is from God. Well, here's the thing. The skeptic misses out on God's guidance and promises and provision throughout daily life because they think only God speaks through His Word. And so they miss out on a lot of God's daily guidance because they don't think the Holy Spirit can direct them as they live. But then you've got the mystic who thinks every impression is from God, every thought's from God, who ends up doing a lot of stupid things and embarrassing themselves. I mean, these are the people, you know, that they see a demon behind every bush. And they do a lot of crazy things. These are the people that always come up to you sometimes, I got a word for you, sister. And all of a sudden, they, 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 they just go off on these things and it's just like, you've lost your ever-loving mind. You need balance. God speaks through His Word, but God can lead through the Holy Spirit. He can prompt us and give us thoughts and give us ideas, but we've got to understand. Not everything that we get in our mind is from the Holy Spirit. There's been a lot of things blamed on God that wasn't God. There's been a lot of words given out that said, this is a word from God for you that, that wasn't God. Amen? And here's what I'm going to say. Sometimes you're going to miss it. Sometimes I'm going to miss it. Because there's going to be times that you think that this is from God. He's the one speaking. He's the one prompting me. And you're going to do what you think God's saying. You're going to mess up. 
We all miss it. But here's what I want to say to you. Don't be afraid at least Because so many people are afraid that they just kind of block God out altogether. I can promise you this, if you ever get an idea to pray for somebody or bless somebody, I can promise you it's not Satan talking to you. I can say this, even if it's not directly from God, if it don't harm anybody, and it does good, whether it's God or not, you still did good. Amen? So sometimes we, we take a risk and it may not exactly be God. But at least you try. Amen? And as long as it don't contradict Scripture, you've done no harm. Amen? Does that make sense? Because there have been times in my life I've missed it and and, 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 and as I grow in the Lord and as I, I do ministry, I've, I've tried to learn more to say that I feel like this is what God's saying. And I don't come right out and say, I believe this is, that this is what God says. I try to be more careful. I, I feel like this is what God is saying to me to tell you. And then you discern whether or not it's God. That makes sense. And that's what you do if you ever feel like God wants you to say something to somebody. This is what I feel like God put in my heart to tell you. I'm going to share it with you and you discern whether or not you believe this is God. That's how you feel like you give a word to somebody. And you don't just back God up and, and put something on God that wasn't God. Amen. But God speaks through promptings from the Holy Spirit. But number four. God speaks through supernatural expressions. And we'll kind of cover some of this next week as well uh, in more detail. But God speaks through supernatural expressions. Job 33, verse 14 through 16. It says, For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warning. Did you see that He speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it, but He speaks in dreams. In visions of the night, He whispers in their ears. So God can speak in dreams and visions. Now a dream would be something that you receive while you're sleeping. A vision would be Something that you could probably receive while you're asleep, but most likely a vision would come when you are awake. You just kind of go into a visionary state and you see what God is trying to say to you and share with you, but you're still awake. You, you see that in Acts chapter 10 before Peter went to Cornelius' house that he saw these, this sheet come down from heaven, saw all of these unclean animals, and God said, Rise up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, No, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And uh, God tells him, Hey, you need to eat. He says, No, Lord, I'm not going to do it. And what God was conveying in that vision, Hey, that God's no respecter of person, and the gospel is available for everybody. But here's the thing, Peter was awake. He just fell into a, a sort of a trance, uh, and, he, and he had this vision of this sheet with these unclean animals and so you can have a, a vision such as that God speaks in that way uh, for myself personally I've probably maybe only had maybe one vision in my entire ministry 
Uh, and it was just something of what God was going to do in a service one morning. That God just, while praying one night, studying one night, just, just I kind of fell into this thing where I just began to see people in the altar and just began to see me praying over them what God was going to do and what God was going to speak through me. And, and, and it was only a few minutes and then I was back out of it. And then the next morning, it happened exactly as I saw. God just moved. Uh, that's probably only one time I've ever had a vision. But God communicates through dreams and visions. But let me say this, everything you dream is not from God. Sometimes you got a hold of a bad taco. you got a hold of a bad pizza. But God can speak through dreams and visions. But we also know that God can speak through divinely inspired speech. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 8. Because the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Notice that. Gifts of the Spirit are for the common good. They're not for us to be proud and boastful, but they're for the common good of the church and the people. It says, To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. Then verse 10 says, To another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. So God can use somebody to give you a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Those are gifts of the Spirit that God can use anybody that's been filled with the Spirit, use anybody at any time to do those things. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. God can also use somebody to give you a prophecy. Um, And at any moment, the Spirit of God could come upon us and He used us to prophesy to people. Tongues and interpretation. Now usually that's for the good of the church and for the whole of the church. Normally you hear somebody speak in tongues, somebody gives up and and gives an interpretation. But I believe God could also do that individually. In fact, there's been times in my life while while in the altar praying that that, that, uh, I'll pray in tongues and all of a sudden I'll begin to pray over that person in English. And, and I believe that sometimes it's just simply me praying out what I prayed in tongues over that people. And there's been times I've prayed in tongues and then begin to speak over that person. I believe the interpretation of what I just said, and it's for that person. And so I believe God can use that not only corporately, but on an individual basis. Amen? And so God can do supernatural things, supernatural speech through the body of Christ. But let me give a word of warning here. And as I said, we'll talk about this more next week, how to recognize whether or not it's God. You have to examine these expressions. You have to examine whether or not these are from God. You've got to determine when these prophecies and tongues and interpretation and word of wisdom and word of knowledge go out, you have to determine whether or not it's God speaking. You can't just always receive it thinking, oh, that's God. You've got to have some discernment. Amen? 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So you've got to test the spirits, try the spirits to see if it's from God. Now how do we do that? And again, we'll talk more about next week in detail. But it has to match the Word of God. Even tongues and interpretation on a corporate level, if it's contradicting God's Word, that tongues and interpretation should not be accepted. If a prophecy goes out and it contradicts the Word of God, if it goes against what God has said from Genesis to Revelation, you have to throw that out the window and say, I can't receive that. 
It has to line up with Scripture because God will never give a supernatural word against anything that's already in the written word. He'll never contradict himself. And so, the first thing you have to know is, does it contradict the Bible? And so that leads to an important thing. You have to know what the Bible says. You have to know what is true so you will understand what's false. Amen? That's the... That's why I said the primary way God speaks is through His Word. Because if you'll know what God says here, you'll be able to determine if somebody's coming along trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Why it's so important to read your Bible. Stay in it. Listen... I, I, I know we've got a Bible reading plan and we're trying to read through it in here, but listen, I'd rather you just read every day just a little bit. Listen, I don't care if you get through it in a year. I'd love for you to, but if you don't get through it in a year, just stay in it every day. And if you come across a verse that catches your attention, just stay there. Meditate on it. Dwell on it. Study it. Pray. Get it into your heart. Memorize it. Let God just work on your life through that one verse of Scripture. Listen, there's nothing spiritual about trying to read the Bible in a year. I believe everybody ought to do it at least once. I believe everybody ought to do it at least one time. But there's nothing super saintly or super spiritual about trying to get to the Bible in a year. I believe what's important is that you get in it and read it. And that you connect with God. Sometimes you connect in a verse. Sometimes it takes a few chapters to connect. I believe you ought to connect. It shouldn't just be a check the box. It has to be more than just a check the box to get done. And we all get guilty of that, don't we? Sometimes we, we, we read and then we can't tell you what we read. I'm guilty of it. And for me, sometimes I, I, I struggle reading to not so much check the box, but I, I struggle sometimes to read to feed myself because I'm, I'm reading and I'm thinking about how can I preach this and what, <laughs> how can I teach this and, and I'm, not, I'm not looking to feed myself. I'm looking at how I can feed other people. We don't have these traps that we fall into if we aren't careful. God wants to communicate with us. And I've given you four common ways that God wants to speak to us. And I would say to us tonight as we close that God is speaking. God is communicating. And every one of us here can hear Him. We can all listen to the voice of God as He speaks and communicates. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be the teacher. You don't have to be the Sunday school teacher. You don't have to be the worship leader or a missionary or an evangelist. Listen, as long as you have a relationship with God, God can speak to you and you can hear His voice. So how do we do it? Open your Bible. And just say a little prayer like, Speak, Lord, for your servants listening. Just something simple like that. Just open up His Word and just say a little prayer, God, speak, for your servant is listening. And then just begin to read. Don't get in a hurry. Don't try to check off the box. But just read slowly. Read prayerfully. Read thoughtfully. Consider what you're reading. Highlight words, underline phrases, things that grab your attention, things that jump out to you. 
just take some notes of those things. And then whatever grabs your attention, whatever catches your eye, just begin to talk to God about that. That's how you hear God. You open up this book and say, God, I want to hear you.